Hey everyone, Darren Wilson here and I want to welcome you to another session of The Mentor's Moment. Hey everyone, Darren Wilson here and I want to welcome you to another mentoring session. Today, we are going to continue our marriage mentoring session. Um, continuing from the last one, where we talked about the sword of marriage, where we talked about the, um, the idea of conflict and how conflict is supposed to build your marriage to the point where it's strong enough to withstand anything that comes against it. Um, and in doing so, I thought about another um, um, area of marriage that I think is very important for us to, to really zone in on um, and talk about. So this mental session today, I'm going to call it gender balanced, not gender biased. Gender balanced, not gender biased. Um, and I want to lay some foundational principles for the male and female dynamic that lends itself to a more harmonious exchange relationally between the two genders especially in this current culture um, and this current generation. Now, one of the biggest challenges, and I say this, you know, with all conviction, one of the biggest challenges for relationships of any kind, but especially um, relationships that escalate into an engagement um, and ultimately a marriage, especially in our culture, is the war between genders. Now, although it's not called that, essentially that is what is happening. You know, and I believe part of the reason for this current gender war uh, is the fact that we have allowed genders to be a source of division rather than unification. You see, genders were made to distinguish, not divide. And when God said to us to have dominion, he meant it in the context of both genders working together in harmony to accomplish this goal. Now, one of the things that was hardest for me to realize early on was that my wife is not my competition. Uh, and this attitude was reinforced during my younger days when in school, um, and even in church, you know, in our youth groups, we would, we would go through these battle of the sexes competitions uh, that we would have between boys and girls. Um, and I brought that attitude into my marriage because I didn't understand at the time that we are partners and that each of us brings a different strength and perspective to the entire table that we call life. So when she tried to be my partner early on, because of my warped view on, uh, um, of gender, gender roles and um, gender competition, uh, I, I, I refused the, the help. I didn't allow it to happen. But it wasn't until I started to renew my mind, because sometimes you, know, you may think you have a particular concept, but it's incorrect. And it wasn't until I started renewing my mind and going back to the original design and the original plan for the genders, as opposed to consuming what my generation is documenting about the way genders should relate, that I began to view it differently. And that's what I want to share with you in this podcast. So let's begin here. Very important with this, with this, this point. In biblical study, there's a principle called the law of first mention. And this law states that wherever a word or a concept is first mentioned in the Bible, that is the, the definition um, or wh whatever context it is defined as there, whatever definition it has there, that carries over to the entire volume of scripture unless otherwise indicated. 
All right. So the first mention of the female is found in Genesis 1, 27 and 28, which, which says this. So God created man in his own image um, and his own likeness. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Here we see that the female, God created male and female, was defined in the context of dominating the earth and given the same authority as the male to rule. This was the original and proper balance of genders. Not one over the other, but side by side in harmony, both under God. What happened though was sin through pride upset that balance. It caused that balance to go upside down. It caused that balance to, to be inverted. So in order to restore some form of order, a temporary structure was put in place. And this is where the, and he shall rule over you, Genesis 3.16, that verse, here's where that phrase, and he shall rule over you, um, came into effect. Not rule as in um, 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 dominating though. And that's, uh, that's why I think we have gotten skewed from the original meaning. He shall rule over you is more of a, of a caretaker structure until the time of restoration. Now, this one verse has been the premise for the male-dominated attitude and language for generations. However, although that was the structure in place at the time, the problem with that is that it was never, hear me carefully, don't turn me off yet, females, it was never intended to be an indefinite arrangement. It was never supposed to be until further notice. No, 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 no. That tradition carried all the way over till today, unfortunately. While the goal was always to get back to the original arrangement. Now, here's the good news. Jesus, through the cross, restored that balance. That caretaker structure was only up until the time of restoration. And that time of restoration happened when Jesus died and rose again from the cross and poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And because Jesus restored the balance, that is why Peter, in 1 Peter 3, 7, said that we have to honor our wives because we are heirs together. And if we don't do that, our prayers as husbands won't be answered. Why? This was to set the stage for the coming generations to begin reversing the prevalent male-centric and chauvinistic traditional dominance that happened for generations uh, in order to have everything come back around full circle. So as it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end, where male and female rule together. Now, traditions are not a bad thing, you know? Traditions are not bad. I, want, I just want to put that point there. They are important for maintaining stability and order, which was the case after the fall from grace in Eden. However, traditions, especially in a relational context, 
Traditions have a way of outlasting the circumstances that made them necessary to begin with, even if they were necessary at one time. And that is how through this particular tradition, we've made the original word of God, which was to have dominion, both male and female, we've made that particular word of no effect in the earth. That is why it is best to live by principles rather than traditions. Because traditions change. Principles don't. Remember that. Traditions can change, but principles don't. You see, what we fail to realize is that from the beginning, the principle was that the full expression and the full representation of God cannot and will be, I'm, I'm sorry, cannot and will not be experienced when there is war. The full expression and representation of God cannot and will not be experienced when there is disharmony. It cannot be experienced where there is disunity between the two genders. Think about it. If the male alone was necessary, why then would God make female genders in his image also? If they didn't have some ability to express and represent him in some capacity. I want you to really think about that. If the male was if the male alone was necessary, if the male alone was supposed to be the depiction of God, why would God make the female gender? That means that to some degree, the females represent God as well. Now, I believe that part of the reason why the world is in the state of confusion that it currently is in is because of the misrepresentation of God through the division of the genders. The male and female, husband and wife team together is the complete expression and representation of the image of God. And that is why marriage is so important. There are several expressions and representations of God that are found in the male and female dynamic. But the one I want to highlight here is that of power and wisdom and love. You see, the male represents and expresses God's power. And the female represents and expresses God's wisdom. And between them both, within the context of the covenant of marriage, there is a love that flows between the two. So you get the expression of God's power, you get the expression of God's wisdom, and you get the expression of God's love within the context of the male-female, husband-wife marriage relationship. And when God is fully expressed, and when God is fully represented on the earth through these dynamics, that is when the phrase have dominion actually applies. That is when the phrase have dominion has its way. And that is when the phrase have dominion brings glory. We see in scripture, um, this, this, this concept, um, scripture alludes to it. This power, wisdom, love dynamic played out in several instances, such as the dealings between Deborah and Barak, um, David and Abigail, as well as Pilate and his wife. Because power without wisdom results in chaos. Power without wisdom results in chaos. Power without wisdom results in chaos. 
That is why the female is called the help me because they can help channel that power in a particular direction, either for good or for bad, as was in the case of Ahab and, Ahab and Jezebel. So we already have an idea of what help means, right? So here is what the word meat means, right? The word meat means suitable, fit, proper, appropriate, qualified, convenient, precisely fitting, and precisely right. So when God said that he created a help meet, it was not for them to be in a position of servitude. I want you to get that out your head. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to me, I want you to hear me very loud and clear. When God said that he created a help meet, it was not for them to be in a position of servitude. The females were not supposed to be in a position of servitude. It was by divine design to make the female a qualified, properly suited, and custom fit for the male. In discussing the, in, in discussing the function of a help meet, there are two things that we don't take into consideration regarding the importance and significance of women, especially wives. And here are the two things. Number one, that phrase, help meet, is used within the same context that Jesus described the role of the Holy Spirit when he called him a helper. The Holy Spirit is not weak and the Holy Spirit is not a pushover. So gents, husbands, your wife has been given to you as an extension of the Holy Spirit. She is the representation and the expression of the wisdom of God to you in the earth. That's why she's a crown, as Proverbs 12 and 4 says. And that's why she's a good thing, as Proverbs 18.22 says. Think of her as your personal second witness to the Holy Spirit. And the second thing to, to be considered regarding the importance and significance of women, especially husbands, your wives, is this. Number two, if someone is going to help you do something, then it stands to reason that they have to be just as strong, if not stronger than you. I know, I know that may rub you the wrong way, but it is the truth. If, if, if you're going to help me move, if I'm, if I'm moving, um, let's say the desk that I'm sitting at right now, let's say I, I, want, I, need, I need someone to help me move the desk from one end of the room to the other, and I can't do it by myself. If I call someone to help me, that means they have to be equally as strong, if not stronger. I can't call my four-year-old son to come and help me move this desk. Chances are, I may, I may as well call my wife because she's probably just as strong, if not stronger, than me. <laughs> I know you don't like that, fellas, but it's the truth. You have to be able to handle whatever it is that, well, let me say like this. The person that is helping you has to be able to handle whatever it is they are helping you with. Yet, we don't take that into consideration when we have things as heavy as the, our family, our future, 
our purpose, our destiny. We, we, we don't think that our wives are strong enough to help us steward and carry that. And I'm here to tell you, that's a wrong perspective to have, man. That's a wrong perspective to have. She's just as strong. She's just as capable. And that's the dynamic that God wanted to have. So husbands, I want you to learn. And I'm going to do a, a podcast just for, just for us, just for the men, just for the husbands. Husbands, learn to cherish your wife's wisdom, her insight, her intuition, and her intelligence, and her insight especially her insight because she sees things man she sees things that you may not see wives i have something for you too learn because we it is something that has to be learned for both 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 genders learn to respect the power the strength the ability the vision and the sheer prowess that is resident in your husband all of that and more has been freely deposited in both of you by God as visible manifestations of himself to help both of you accomplish the original mandate, which goes back to Genesis 1.28, of having dominion in all facets of life. One is not above the other. The husband is not above the wife. The wife is not above the husband. You can't do it without each other. I need my wife. And if you're honest, fellas, you need your wife too. And wives, you need your husband. And you know something? Maybe you should tell them that. Listen, I can't do this without you. You see? Because what? The blessing is on them. 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 Remember we read it. Them. The mandate was given to them. Them, male and female. Husband and wife. And the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can start influencing this world for the better, and begin making positive impacts that live on for generations. Husbands represent the power of God. Wives represent the wisdom of God. And the love between them represents the love of God. And that is the ultimate and perfect demonstration. That threefold chord, that, is the per that isn't broken. That is the threefold chord of a marriage that cannot be broken and when those three things come into play the power the wisdom and the love those are the three things that cause god's visible manifestation and god's representation and causes the the, the, the marriage the covenant of marriage to be such a force to be reckoned with in the earth that nothing can stand against it and that is god's original design for marriage Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, then do me a quick favor and hit the share button and send it to all the contacts in your network. Somebody needs to hear what you just heard. Also, you can connect with me on social media. You can like my Facebook page, Darren Wilson Global. You can follow my Instagram at Darren Wilson underscore global. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Darren Wilson Global, or you can visit my website at DarrenWilsonGlobal.com. And there you can find information about my books or about any speaking requests that you may have, whether it's virtual or physical. All you have to do is go to the bookings tab. It opens up a form. You fill out the form and hit send. 
Or if you prefer, you can send an email directly to info at darrenwilsonglobal.com. Listen, thanks for listening to this Mentors Moment, and I'll catch you on the next one.